Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy, Buzz. I am joined by my dudes, Tony, a.k.a. Tony on Tap and NWI Steve. And we are here on a Sunday fun day. We're going to talk about this Mariner series. We're going to talk about the Lot B tailgate. That was an absolute rager. Some Eduardo Escobar shit. Some other shit. We're going to talk about all of it. But before we do that, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap, at On Tap Sportsnet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. And check out Grandstand. If you're at the ballpark, go walk over there. Check out Grandstand. Anything you need, White Sox or Chicago sports related, Grandstand is the place to find it. Follow them on socials at Grandstand Socks or go to GrandstandSocks.com. Boys. We're all live after yesterday. Lot B was an absolute motherfucking rager. Absolutely insane. We showed the people what we do here. And through a badass tailgate with the help of Shane Reardon from 670 The Score, who provided food and cooked for everybody. Our boy Summer of Georgiantown, White Sox Dave, the 108, Sox on 35th. Everybody made it a great event. That's what I wanted to say before I got into the how's you doings. Steve, how you doing? Hey, yo, Buzzy. To quote Frank Ricard from the early 2000s classic old school, I had a great fucking time yesterday, and I'm doing great today. Good to be here, boys. Tone Bone. Hey, man, I'm glad the Sox were able to uh, get a win uh, so that Sunday Funday was a little bit more fun. Uh, but yeah. uh, it was a great time out in Lappy yesterday. I think uh, the final count was 100 jello shots went down in just under an hour and 15 minutes. That's very fucking impressive, I must say. Uh, very impressive stuff. There was good food. Uh, again, thanks to uh, to Shane. Uh, Buzz, you, you did an excellent do- job getting the uh, the grill and everything out there and stationed in what is one of the perfect spots in Lot B, which is the front corner. So let's talk about perfect execution as far as tailgate spaces. I know that there is some argument whether or not the back of the grassy knoll or the front of the parking lot is, is a better place to host your tailgate. I, I think we've done two uh, that are up in the front now, Buzz, and it just seems to be a really good space uh, for, for everybody. You, you can accommodate quite a few people. You catch some people as they're walking towards the ballpark. So you did an excellent job scouting that space out, getting out there earlier. Uh, Steve, that might be the drunkest I've ever seen you um, in person. Uh, so let's, let's just, let's just go with that. Um, I was like, I, I, when I rolled up, I was almost taken aback at the state that Steve was in. I'm surprised he's alive and well today. Uh, I'm surprised that Buzz is alive and well. I'm surprised that everybody's alive and well. It was a great time. It was good to be back with all of you. It felt like opening day, and I think that that's kind of the thing that everybody was looking for. So uh, just good times all around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that front corner is so clutch, too, because the piss is right there. You know, like you rock them right to those porta potties and just make it happen. So like, that's why it's so clutch. And I'll tell you guys something right now. 
when Steve came walking up, we did a complete stone cold. I wish we had the video where we could add it in on here. I'm sure it's on Twitter where we can eventually do that. And, and I will do that. I'll work on that. We did a stone cold beer bang. And I mean, that was just absolutely fire. Tony, you came rolling up with your fold out table, which is in my garage, by the way. I knew it would make it back. It made it back. You came with the jello shots. I did a couple of those real quick, you know, got that shit down, down the hatch, finished about a 12, 12 or a Miller light, had a couple others, just had a great time overall. I, I just absolutely perfectly executed. One of my favorite parts is, and I would show everybody my chest right now, but it's, I don't want, this is not on tap after dark yet. I did a mudslide, like it was a slip and slide and Steve and George were there to catch me on the other end. I, I got. I got to add. To, I got to add to that. I mean, Go I think that, that, that was something that I think would have done Mark Burley really proud. You know, you know, Burles. You, you know, know very, I love him. Very, too. very well known for the tarp slide during his days here with the Sox. And and Buzz, you really channeled your inner Mark Burley there. You did us proud. You. It just. It was a very heartwarming moment. For all of us I may see. be able to get the mudslide here. I'm, I'm doing some production work in the background. <laughs> I may be able to get the mudslide here. Give me a second. Keep talking about Absolutely. it. The, Absolutely. The, the, moral, the, the, big, the big moral of the story, though, was, you know, with the success of yesterday's, you know, outing, we're back. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I talked about this, boys. We, we are so back right now. The, this mean, is where the, the cuffs come off, Steve, is, is right now. This is where you take – you take us and you put us back into our element. We are fans of the White Sox. We cover the White Sox. But one thing that I always felt that separated on tap from every other publication out there is that you could find, well, at the games that they allow, is you find us tailgating. That is just something that we all love to do. Whether I'm at Soldier Field getting it done or I'm at the rate getting it done, you could find us slamming beers in the United Center parking lot. You're not supposed to do that, but we do it. You know, it is what it is. But it's absolutely fantastic. That's when we're in our element, and I'm glad a lot of people got to take in on that yesterday because it was just absolutely fucking insane. Just a total insane time. Tony, did you figure out what you had to do? He's got it. Tony's got it. He's so gonna- I, do, I do have I do have the mudslide. This is courtesy of uh, the 108 guys here. So let's let's see. Can you, you still hear my audio? I absolutely can. Awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and play this this little mudslide here. This is just giving the people what they want. Uh, yeah. There you go. Blow that screen. There you go. Look at look at George getting ready. There's Steve's coaching me through right here with his with his hot ass headband. Look at that. Look at that form. You can't teach that. You can't teach that. Oh my god. Like, you know what's so funny? The lights are on, but nobody's home. <laughs> it's just that's that's what that was. Lights are on, nobody's home. But my God. All right. Well, I think we had a good time. I think I, we I, hit, I hope we that worked. That. I hope did. that worked. Okay. All right. Yeah, it looked great. It looked awesome. absolutely great, but we got to get into some White Sox baseball here. So Friday, we uh, we went MIA. We did not do the show. Reason being is because I had to be up very early in the morning. We had a quick turnaround with the, with the Saturday's game, and we were throwing the tailgate, but it did not go the White Sox way, and they ended up losing it late, and not good not great, Bob. I, I should have said not good. Not great, Bob, because the Sox really needed to you know, get this. They split with Pittsburgh, come in here against Seattle, who's been pretty decent as of late, pretty hot. Uh, they, we uh, we lose 9-3 to in that first game on Friday, and then we lose uh, 3-2 in the uh, first game of the doubleheader today and then win the second game of that doubleheader 7-5. to uh, Overall play this uh, weekend, boys, what, 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 are you, what are you thinking? Tone, we'll start with you. We'll move on to Steve. Overall play this weekend, uh, 
suboptimal in my opinion. I think even with today's uh, seven inning ball game win, this team is just leaving me wanting more right now. Um, I'm a little disappointed. The offense has just completely fallen off uh, again, outside of what we saw today, which was really driven by uh, Zach Collins and Yerman Mercedes guys that have not been uh, ultra consistent. And Steve, you can fight me on this. I, I side with Johnny Nani that the, oh, uh, we're, we're going to have words. The, the Zach Collins stuff just absolutely annoys the shit out of me. I understand uh, the splits here it can be played to his advantage and whether or not Tony LaRusso is utilizing uh, Zach Collins in the right way. That is completely up for debate and that is fair, fair discussion. Um, but, you know, overall, the bullpen, the offense, there's just too many holes on this team right now. The magic, the it factor that I felt like they had through most of this year so far is is dwindling in a sense. Um, I felt like yesterday's rain was just a metaphor for what we've been seeing over and over again over this past little stretch of baseball. It almost feels like, why can we not have nice things right now? Just the fact that there were no fireworks really this weekend just really pisses me off, especially coming back to full capacity. I know those are all superficial things, but the the general sense that I have around this team right now, it just it feels like they're laboring through everything and it should not feel that way. The injuries are totally part to blame here, but man, it's just they're struggling right now. Steve. I'll echo a lot of Tony's sentiments there. Um this team is really limping right now as we're two weeks away from the all-star break at, at, at the moment. Um, these things can certainly happen. You know, there was, there was a team um, in 2016 that, that won something that was like five and 15 going into the all-star break. Um, so it, it does happen. The injuries obviously are really catching up to them and, you know, yeah, you compound that with what we saw with Jose Abreu today, getting drilled in the in the kneecap with a 96 mile an hour fastball. So now we got to worry about this situation here. Is does even the threat of Jose Abreu being in this lineup now is he taken out of this equation here, thinning things out even more? So obviously we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that, but just um, bats just continuing to struggle, seeing inconsistency out of the bullpen. A lot of the problems that we've seen for the last two weeks or so here, and <clears throat> I talked about this uh, last weekend with Johnny. To quote the great Hawk Harrelson and, and Stephen Stone even said this on the broadcast today, sometimes it's not who you play, it's when you play them. You got Houston a week ago when they were in the middle of their 11-game winning streak. The Mariners coming into this weekend had won, I think, 7 out of 10 or 7 out of seven out of 9. And now they open up a four-game series against the Minnesota Twins starting on, on Monday here, who, as you all may know, I fucking hate more than anything on this planet – They've won seven out of nine. So something's got to click here. They got to find some way. And hopefully, guys like your mean Mercedes, guys like Zach Collins stepping up and picking up the slack here for some of the veteran guys in the lineup that aren't producing to this point can happen here in these remaining two weeks leading up to the All Star break until they hopefully get some kind of reinforcements. Reinforcements need to happen. Um, that's where I'm at. The offense, it was like right before the second game of the doubleheader. The Sox has scored 20 runs in eight games. Can't happen. You're, you're having slumps from Jose Abreu, who's having just a terrible June. Tim Anderson having any trouble trying to find consistency this month. I mean, it just feels like he'll have a good game, and then it'll go away the next. You know, uh, Yoan Mankata, we watched his average dip this month. I did, If I'm not mistaken, he entered June at about 300. Um, I, I want to say that and over the last 10 games, Mankata's batting 235 
um, he's got an OBP of 381, but he's batting 235 over his last 10 games. Um, he's got eight hits and 34 at bats. Um, you know, I mean, we have him in the three hole a lot of the time. We need him to be, you know, hitting that ball, driving in runs over these last 10 games. He's driven in three. So it's just something that needs to improve a little bit. And obviously I'm not going to, I'm not going to harp on just Mankata here. It's, it, it's an all around thing. Like you said, Steve, we need these other guys to step up when the other guys are slumping. But to Tony's point, the magic is the magic dwindling away is because when a guy like a Billy Hamilton, when he's up, when Luis Robert first gets hurt, right. And he's like producing a little bit and you're like, Oh shit, this is great. But then when Billy Hamilton goes down, now you need Goodwin to produce or you need Luis Gonzalez to produce. Now you're kind of, you know, you're, you're, trying to deposit magic that you don't have and you're going to bounce that check. And that's kind of what how I'm looking at it right now. The pitching can only get you so far without, I mean, these guys are going deep into ball games. Most of them, most of the starters are going to deep into ball games. It can't happen all year like that. The, the offense needs to improve, start putting runs on the board to protect these guys. Cause if they don't, well, I mean, you've seen what happened in the last 10 games for the white Sox. It hasn't been pretty. Yeah. And let's just talk about long-term state here and where this team is at and what's, what's coming up in the future here too, guys. I mean, this is, this is an, an opportunity for the White Sox to make a deep playoff run. Are both of you on, on the same terms as I am with that? Like this, this team so far, they're in a good position to win this division and, and, and compete for potentially making it to the world series. And, you know, once you're there, anything can happen. You're looking at a potential, uh, strike next year. Uh, you've got some contracts that are going to be expiring Don't here say within that one or two years. Let's, Steve, let's start, let's start to be real here. This this is an opportunity for this team right now to take a step forward and do something. They, they, they need an injection into this lineup of something at this point in time. And spare me that Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez are going to be coming back in, in August, September. This right now is where it hurts because any – prolonged absence from Jose Abreu out of that lineup. And we just start to rack up guys that are potential automatic outs over and over again. And yeah, Zach Collins can be useful. We saw him today, but are you really going to want to rely on his bat in the lineup every single night? No, you're not going to. Jake Lamb, very situational guy. Goodwin, another situational guy. Lurie Garcia, these are supposed to be the bench guys that come in and provide you magic once or twice a week and, and you know, be the beneficiary of small sample size. You're not going to get that when you're playing these guys seven days a week and, and trying to shuffle the lineup around as much as you are. I mean, look at the stress that's been on Andrew Vaughn so far, having to move back and forth between learning left field, being a consistent bat in this lineup. Now he might have to shift to first base for a few days. He's all over the place. And, you know, you're starting to put a lot of stress on young guys, on guys who are backup players. You need something. Right now is the time to go out and make a deal. I, I just don't know, you know, what that deal is. Is it Escobar? I don't know. But that, that seems like it's not even enough right now to get this team over the hump. And, yes, every every team out there is dealing with injuries. But we need something. We need a break. We need to have fireworks on the it's, south side. We need somebody it, who can hit home runs, and we need another bat in this lineup that can do that. Counselor, I have an idea here. Um, I believe his name is pronounced Starling Marte. Oh, ooh! I think I saw an article about that somewhere. I, I, I think someone may have written something. I can about tell you where somewhere. to find it. You can find it on tapsports.com. There you go. Some some goofy ass guy who wears a headband wrote, wrote some article. So about good. It. I don't, I don't, so I don't good know. Man. 
Um, have you taken look, that off since yesterday? Did you sleep in it? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I gave it a wash, uh, uh, this morning here. It was pretty soaked in beer. Uh, oh. so, yeah, it's, uh, it got pretty aggressive, but, um, look, I, I talked about this with, with you buzz and, and with Johnny, I'm a headband guy. Now there's no turning back. This is just where we're at, um, right, in, 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 in my career life cycle at, at this point. But look, in, in all seriousness, Tony, you're you're right. There does need to be some sort of an injection here of of talent to this roster. The reliance on some of these, you know, role players. It, you just get to a point where you have a diminishing level of, re, of return, and unfortunately, they have been relied upon so much um, to this juncture because of all the injuries that have taken place. That you need to augment now, and you need to bring in guys that you can count on on an everyday basis. You know all the Eduardo Escobar rumors and everything. Those are those are nice, and I think I think Escobar is more of a complimentary piece than than a primary piece to begin with. Um, he would be fine, but that's where you got to find a way to to pull something off, like a Starling Marte or some other everyday bat that you can put in the outfield that can hit the fucking ball out of the ballpark and actually allow this team to set off some fireworks. Make so it sexy. Make well, that's, it, make, that's the make thing, it though. Is sexy. It's going to be hard to make it sexy, dude, because we don't have a lot of fucking prospect capital to work with. That's that's a problem right now because all of our top prospects are the ones that were contributing on this team, and they're all fucking hurt besides Vaughn, you know, and Crochet technically. And, he, you know, I mean, I know that he's had a couple rough outings uh, in his last, like, three. They haven't been so hot, but, I mean, he did start off the year pretty decent, you know. But, I mean, that's the problem here where you say you don't know if Escobar is a guy that could be that dude that puts us over. He's got a, what was it, a 111 WRC plus or some sh shit like that. I mean, which is pretty, which is you good. Have to, above you average. have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. And, and that's exactly it, Tony. You have to start somewhere because I realistically don't know if they could do more than that. Like how, how much do these teams value a guy like Jared Kelly or Matthew Thompson or something like that, or a guy, I mean, and then you have people floating out, even a guy like Jake Berger right now, either him coming to the, the majors or him swinging his hot bat in the minors. Can that catch somebody's attention? You know, I don't know, but we're Steve's idea is the one that I would like the most out of everything is a guy like Starling Marte. I still think you can go get a second baseman who's better than Danny Mendick. I like Danny Mendick. Danny Mendick's not an everyday player. Danny Mendick is the infield version. Well, old, we'll say old school infield version of Adam Engel. Okay. Danny can get it done in the field, but he can't play every day. He cannot bat every day. That's what Adam Engel was. I know he was hitting bombs and shit when he came back, but even Adam Engel's still on my mind. Is not, he's a fourth outfielder on a good competing team. You, you need to find somebody with magical being gone for the year after his surgery. You need to find somebody there and you need to find an outfielder. That's what you need to do. I can get by with the bullpen. I know they've struggled as of late. I can get by with that and starting pitching. I don't need to fuck with that. We need an outfielder. We need a second baseman. Fortify those positions if you can and make your push. And then when, like you said, you didn't want to have to rely on Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez coming back. It'll just you know, be even better it's, when it's, they do. It's it's not about not wanting to rely on them to come back. I think outfield is actually somewhere where I would I would kind of hold back on and I would prioritize maybe bullpen ahead of the outfield, knowing oh, how really? many guys oh, really? I just think knowing how many bad. guys you have that can come back here. Um, you know, between Billy Hamilton, maybe he comes back and contributes, uh, Adam Engel, uh, you know, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, I'm assuming we're going to get them back. What I'm saying is, is right now through this stretch, you need another bat in this lineup that can contribute, um, at Eduardo Escobar or better levels. You need to go out and get something done last night in order to sustain this, because I mean, I, 
you're not off until July 8th right now. There's no off dates. You sustain another injury to somebody. I mean, it, it, how many hits can you take before the front office has to react and go out and get somebody? And I think what my biggest fear right now as a White Sox fan is we're going to be sitting here at, at, in, in the first, second week of October and – you know, we could piss this away to Cleveland or somebody. And the reason behind it at the, at the end of the year press conference is going to be, well, the team just wasn't able to, to sustain the success with the amount of injuries we've taken on. And we're heading into this off season. You know, we go into next year and we potentially lose a year due to labor strife with the, with the players association and the MLB. And you've then pissed away a chance at putting this thing over the top. You can't guarantee tomorrow and I know you've got a plan for the future and building a team to, you know, compete the next few years here. That's Rick Hahn's job. But right now, where they've put themselves, it, it, they're they're in first place. They're in first place. And then you can quickly watch that fall apart if there's one more hit. And I feel like that hit is potentially Jose Abreu's knee for a bad week when the team is already down and already struggling to put up runs. Albeit, guys got the job done in the second game today. It's just it's it's scary hours right now for me. Let me throw out a name here as as another option that I don't think we've talked about. Obviously, the Escobar thing is kind of front and center with Boob Nightingale's reporting earlier this morning, <laughs> um, which which really kind of makes me wonder. You know, do we have another Jerry Reinsdorf puff piece coming out here in, in the coming days in exchange for him getting this scoop here? But the guy I'm thinking about here as as maybe an alternative, and especially if Jose Abreu has to miss any kind of significant time. What about Jonathan Scope from the Detroit Tigers? You know, a guy that has played second base primarily. He's seen a little bit of action at first base. He's he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark again this year. He, he's giving you some slug. Um, he's been a, a quality player for a number of years. He was a big part of that Baltimore Orioles team that went to the playoffs multiple times last decade. So this is a guy that I think could definitely be had. He's on a one-year deal. The Detroit Tigers obviously are not going anywhere. They're not going to be a competitive team till you know, 2023, 2024 at the earliest. So interdivision trades with these two teams don't necessarily happen a lot. But I think that might be another avenue that this team may need to explore. Do you want to deal with Detroit, though? I think you laid it out there fairly well, but what, what are you going to give Detroit for that? I think that's the next question here, Steve, is what you have to evaluate is, you know, 23-24, that's still in the White Sox proposed contention window. I feel like that kind of prohibits the White Sox and Rick Hahn, especially from wanting to make that move. And I'm still working underneath the assumption and have been since this rebuild started that Rick Hahn may be trigger shy. You're, you're not necessarily wrong on that. Um, I, I just think, you know what, you can't worry about it potentially coming back to bite you at, at this point. You know, you go back and you look at the last time that the Sox had a team that was in a position to win a division title back in 2012, the team that killed part of my soul that I have never gotten back to this point almost a decade later. That was the last time the Sox made a trade with the Minnesota Twins when they sent the aforementioned Eduardo Escobar to the Twins for fucking Francisco Liriano. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I still want to throw up thinking about that. Um, but Steve, you know, look, I'd love to see an article of your favorite trades that the White Sox have made. Oh, God. Or least favorite. Oh, God. It's I, I do like the scope 
idea though, Steve, because it's not going to take much to get him one year deal, struggling team, 10 games under 500. He was a filling, a filler uh, signing anyway. Uh, it really for Detroit. It doesn't really matter, but what he's doing this year is uh, kind of under the radar because Detroit sucks ass so bad, you know, but 271, 323, 475 is a slash line. He's got 15 home runs on the season. Steve, if he was traded for right now, hypothetically today, he is the one traded for from the Chicago White Sox. He will be the team leader, just like Eduardo Escobar would be. He'd be the team leader in home runs this year. The team leader right now for the White Sox is Abreu with 12, and I believe right behind him is now Yasmani Grandal. So um, those are the uh, team highs for the Sox, 12, 12 home runs. So, I mean, he'd be a guy who uh, adds some pop in that lineup, which is what the Sox need. The Sox need pop. Not a bad idea at all. I, I, I like it. No, I, I I don't mind the idea. I don't mind the idea of it at all. I think that uh, – and we lost Steve. Um, I hope he's okay. Um, <laughs> we just lose Steve over and over again. From Twitter, from the StreamYard buzz. It's, he leaves us too much. He leaves us too much. Uh, it, we're, we're working here. It's just, like, it's just, the, just like the White Sox, man. We're a man down right now. Um, <laughs> Hopefully we can get him back. Get He'll Herm back. Schneider on the phone. He'll um, be back. I think we got him back. We got him back now. Look at that. The uh, yeah. the the Sox on tap training staff is really good at getting players back on the mic quickly. We just did it quickly. But um, I was I was I was admiring your scope uh, suggestion there, Steve. Before you before you uh, got hit in the, in the knee with a fastball and it took you out there for a minute. But no, I, I like that he would bring much needed pop to the squad. Your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I mean, obviously you brought him up. I mean, it wouldn't take much to get him in your mind, correct? Because I don't I don't think it would take much. I don't. I really don't think it would. Like I said, Detroit's a, a rebuilding team. They're not going anywhere this year. And scope being on a one-year deal, I just I struggle to think it's going to take a lot to get them. Now, I'm admittedly I'm having a hard time kind of evaluating what this trade market is going to be this season with teams you know prime poor after 2020 with no fans and then some of the restrictions here through the first half of the season in terms of overall attendance. So it's really hard to get a gauge on what the returns are going to be for guys, particularly for rentals. So I, I just, to me, it, it just screams a guy down in Kannapolis or maybe somebody down in, in Winston-Salem. I, I just don't see it being anything of particular substance, or even if it's, even if it's like fucking Gavin Sheets, whatever, <laughs> whatever at this point. I, I, thought, I thought Gavin Sheets would come up. I, I mean, just more for like you know, maybe. Oh, he I know, but not he, never got, he never got the opportunity. I to meant hit. for like an at bats. You know, I just I felt bad. I, I felt bad for that one because his family came in, and you know, you thought that this was going to be like the next guy up for the White Sox, Gavin Sheets, and then you know, like I thought it was going to be him again, and now we're seeing Gonzalez up here, and yeah. you know, at first, I'll be honest, I was like, why, why, Luis? But then after he had that bullet today. Oh yeah, defensively he's a, he's a, he's good. It looked it looks great. It looked great. I think that that was you know from handing out a game ball, that that play right there was was fantastic. Um, huge save. I loved I loved every second of that, and that's why I think the outfield thing that we talked about earlier, Buzz. I, I think that that's why it's less on my radar because Correct. they've got a plethora of guys. I feel like Sheets is another guy who can come up and pl probably play some outfield. You've got to. You've got so many injuries uh, to that court. I think they were on their eighth or ninth outfielder already. Um, 
Well, I think that your opinion on the bullpen is totally validated. I, I think that you're correct. That that's something think, that you'd like to look at. I'm the, just looking for more pop in the lineup. The problem for me with the bullpen right now is that I feel like we've got a bunch of guys who are, you know, sixth, seventh inning guys, not a real stable long reliever, and nobody who's really claimed that eighth inning as a lockdown guy. I mean, Aaron Bummer's shown flashes. I think Michael Kopech, when he's here, has been absolutely excellent as a multi-inning option. And that's what but, he is. Yeah, And that's what he is. I wouldn't want him to just be no. like pinholed into just being that eighth inning guy. Right. Um, so I, I feel like they've got a bunch of dudes who are, are just fine options, but never like that shut down guy that you want in front of Liam Hendricks or somebody who can come in in the ninth inning like today, who's not your closer and potentially give you those, those two innings. If you don't have a Michael Kopech um, to get through that. And I, I really have no faith in any of these guys to be completely consistent right now, even outside of Liam Hendricks when he's in a safe situation. We saw what happened today, and we can debate that one all you want. But I just feel like they they need that extra arm right now in the bullpen that's somebody who's having a good year. And that just could be the, the, the fact that, like, Aaron Bummer, Evan Marshall, it just might not be their year where they're feeling it completely. But if you want to be lethal, you need that guy who feels good this year. I feel like this would be a lot easier of a conversation if everybody and their mother wasn't fucking hurt on this team. It absolutely would. You know, like, and, and, totally and that's why you pose such, and that's why you like pose such a good point. It's like, where do you go? Like, what is the best move to make? And this is like times like this where you know, we, we let's be honest here. We've all armchair GM before, right? Yes. This is a moment in time where I'm like, you know what? I'm glad this isn't my job. Because this is fucking stressful uh, it, as shit. It, it absolutely buzz co- counter counterpoint to that. If it yeah. was your job, you'd be rich as fuck. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I still. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I want it again. I want it again. I'll do so it. So yeah. my 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 thing is, you know what? If I'm gonna get a high profile, high stress job, fucking pay me that money, baby. Give me that paper. So I'm gonna sell my soul for some cash right now. I'll do it right now. <laughs> So, so here's the thing, though. If it is your job and you're sitting there and you're Rick Hahn right now, where, where do you go first? I'll turn it to you, Buzz. Where do, where do you go first, and what are you doing? Like position-wise? Just, like, you've trade? got this team right now. You're Rick Hahn right now. Who are you calling tonight? What are you doing? Are you standing, Pat? What, what are you doing here? Honest to God, I would look and see. I, I Obviously, I already believe that he called Pittsburgh for – I've, I've been thinking about Reynolds and, and uh, Frazier a lot. I've kind of, you know, been in that realm of, uh, of thought because I get an outfielder that would be in right. And then I can get a second baseman and it'd probably just take so much. It would just take so much. And I don't know if the Sox have the prospect capital for it. I, I do like after Steve brought up the scope thing, I really am intrigued by that, but I also am still in, intrigued with the Eduardo Escobar and Starling Marte thing, like names that have been kind of floated out there. Um, I know a lot of people have said Cattell Marte. It's just going to take too much with his years of control. Sox not having the uh, process. See, that's the problem here is like, you'll watch the Dodgers and they just keep winning and drafting well and signing. And it's just like the Sox bring everybody up. And you got shit. Like it's hard to figure out a good trade in my mind. Cause what are these other teams going to take? But if I could, I'm finding an everyday second baseman. I'm finding a fucking better outfielder. That's what I'm doing because I still have faith when Kopech comes back. I, I feel like this bullpen can turn it around. Um, I saw the talent last year. I'm not. I'm not willing to give up on it yet. Um, 
as we still have a while, you know, we still have the trade deadline coming up. But I do agree with you, Tony, though. Uh, a move doesn't need to be made. That it needs to be made now. So I, I would still go position-wise right now and then revisit the, the bullpen situation uh, closer to the deadline there. Steve, who are you calling? I'm calling I'm calling Derek Jeter. I'm trying to get Starling Marte. I, I mean, it, to, to me, that's, that's the move because I know we can talk about Eloy and we can talk about Luis Robert. Robert. Uh, Coming, coming back and everything, but even if they get those guys back, we don't know what we're getting ultimately. We don't know that we're getting a fully functional Aloy Jimenez, a fully functional Luis Robert. We know that Starling Marte is beating the ever-loving shit out of the baseball right now. We know that he can cover center field because he's doing it in a, just a cavernous ballpark down there in Miami. So if Robert comes back, you can easily slot him into right field, and he will cover that no problem. And now you have two-plus defenders in the outfield allowing you to shift you know, you know, guys over it, it, you know, allowing you to shift those two guys over more to cover more of the ground in that left center field gap, pushing Vaughn or Eloy or whoever is playing left field closer to the line. So that's going to make your outfield defense better in September and October when outs are absolutely at a premium. Plus, again, that bat, that bat plays. It plays at 35th and Shields because that's a considerably smaller ballpark than what he's doing down in Miami. And he is driving the baseball with authority. This team just for whatever the reason this season, and I can't understand, I can't figure it out. And it's not just the injuries. They just simply are not producing any kind of power whatsoever. It makes no sense to me. Yohan Makata has a sub 400 slugging percentage right now. It's absolutely fucking insane to me. You know, uh, Jose, Jose Abreu, before he got drilled today, his slugging percentage was down in the four thirties. I mean, this is, it's getting to a point, it's almost comical right now because this team cannot produce any kind of power whatsoever. Well, you know what's Um, funny, Steve, is I just want to throw this out there to you. Jordan Miller brought up something earlier about Frank Menachino. And do you remember his statements going back to fuck the home run, hit 300? Do you think that was for everybody or do you think it was just for those two certain individuals and Andrew Vaughn and uh, Nick Madrigal? Because I mean, Jordan brought this up. It was just in a conversation. It wasn't like – This is because a they're great not, topic. Yeah, I think so too. And Jordan – I would love to get Jordan on here to get his thought process on this eventually. But that's what he brought up. And he goes, it, he goes, listen, dude, it works for a guy like Nick Madrigal or a guy who is struggling like mm-hmm. Andrew Vaughn because, you know, Andrew Vaughn is known for his advanced bat and his power. Nick Madrigal is known for contact and advanced bat, you know, expanded strike zone. Is he preaching that to those two, or is he preaching it to everybody? It, it, was it was there a switch somewhere, or is it just bad luck? I find it hard to believe these guys that we've watched mash since they've got here aren't aren't mashing. I I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to go with that one though, because it, it's dude. Oh, it, it's, he clarified already. It, it was for the younger players. That okay. that's fine, but the there's something wrong here when it comes to the way this team is hitting. And I don't know if you, you want to put that on the hitting coach and, and Frank Menachino, but oh, no, no. You, it, it, there's, there is an argument there. I think that that's wild to think about when you go back and, and you hear that statement, um, you know, and, and man, Jose Abreu, Jordan, the vets are pressing with their injuries. I was just about to say that's, that. Yep. You know, the, they are pressing with their injuries, you know, before this series even started, we heard from Tony Larusa that you know Jose Abreu was going through some stuff. Yoan Moncada, I'm not trying to call him soft, but he looks like he's always hurt, no matter what he's doing. He just looks like he had a rough night last night, or just one of those guys that 
that just, yeah, I'm not trying to get kids. He just always <laughs> does look hurt. Um, I don't know what's up with Tim Anderson right now, but he, even when he does, you know, give you the occasional pop, like I never really looked at his game as the, the guy that's up there to, to hit home runs. I'd rather him getting on base, annoying the shit out of the pitcher. There's, there's on get on base guys uh, that we need on the team too. But the power outage is really, in a sense, you're missing Eli Jimenez. You're missing Luis Robert. German Mercedes is a power guy. And I, I, I think he started out hot, but is he the guy that you really want carrying everything? And yeah, Jordan brings up another point. Menachito yeah. had this team fully healthy last year, hitting the most home runs in the AL. I mean, there's you're, you're trying to find a fall guy at this point, and there's everybody to blame. That's, right. I Like I said, it was just something that he had brought up earlier. Was like, I didn't know if he, they were doing that for everybody or not, or what the deal was, because it's just so odd to me to see that. And again, another guy, like you just brought up Tim Anderson tone. Guys, listen to this slash line over Timmy's last 10. 214, 233, 262, a 494 OPS. I mean, not great, Bob. No, no, that's not. What was, what was Tim's last home run? Ooh, Tim Anderson's last home run. I want to say, oh God, I actually don't remember. Tim, I, I, you keep talking. I'll find that. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to think of when he hit one. June 3rd. Jesus. Against the Tigers. I mean, the team only has 19 home runs in June so far, boys. Yeah, I mean it's fucking nuts. Well, well, right, and and look, and look, that's that's one of the points here that Benetti and Stone talked about yesterday was the fact that between Mancada, Abreu, and Anderson, they have three home runs combined in the month of June. That's not going to fucking work. No, no it's not. It, it, and, and I don't want to sit here and say that this team needs to rely on the long ball because look, today they're able to manufacture far, our team go far. Go far. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's true. That's true because you need, at some point you need to clear the bases at some point when there's nobody on, you need to score a run. You, you have to hit the long ball at some point. And as, as, as it's heated up in June and when we're like used to seeing some of these guys start to get hot, it, they just haven't hit that gear yet. And, and it's amazing. We're sitting here in first place and we're talking about all this and it seems kind of doom and gloomy. But right now, I mean, that's kind of the attitude that I have Well, based it, on the fact that, you know, that things seem to be sputtering and we're we're laboring through this right well, now. Dude, it's 100% fair that you feel like that because whether they're in first place or not, Tone, they're three and seven in the last time. I'm sitting in the counselor's chair right now. They're fucking, they're struggling big time because they are having a hard help, time help, finding help runs. I, I can't. I can't. I, do you have Budweiser? I do. I've got. I'm gonna crack another one. There you go. Oh, we're at it. Did that? Did that this help? Is, did this, that help? There you go. Okay. Solid well, advice from Doctor Buzz. I did. Can, my can job. I? Can I go? That's the White Sox for a second here. Yeah, absolutely. Was, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look, we sat through what we did for for a decade leading up to last season. Okay, and and the three or four years of of rebuild 2.0 to get to. 2020 and when we thought that this window of contention was opening it is so white Sox for them to be in first place here on june 27th with a two and a half game lead over the fucking hated cleveland indians and we're sitting here and we it feels like it, it feels like things are just collapsing when when they're not and it's just like we're we're so conditioned to expect something and, and almost to expect everything to go wrong that we we're just not even able to fully enjoy things right now because yeah, they've, they've got a three and seven stretch right now. And that does happen over the course of the season, but it feels so much worse than it really is. So are you, are you back preaching patience? Are you trying to take us off of this? Cause right now I feel like the window is open. It's a little rainy outside. 
like yesterday. Yeah. It's a little yeah. rainy. We're we're slipping and sliding in the mud. Yesterday was a tornado. That's what I feel like I'm in right now. <laughs> I don't feel like we're in a tornado. I, I do. I, I do. I, I'm, I don't. I don't feel like we're in a tornado. I feel like we need to either like shut the window during the rainstorm and, and open it back up in a week here and see where we're at, or we can try and make our own luck, as some people like to say, and go out and make a move and try and 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 just go through the storm like we did during the tailgate yesterday and have fun in the mud. So I, I don't know what the right answer is, but if where we're at right now just doesn't feel great. It's hard to enjoy. I think you know that's, why I'm that's so I'm so worried is because like I said, we're we're on a little bit of a downward slope right now. Thank God we got the win in the second game of the doubleheader today in seven innings of ball. Well, and Cleveland just hasn't helped themselves. Cleveland so has not helped themselves. You hate but to see it. But you we're going up it. against a team that is seven and three in their last ten, and a team that usually has our number in the Minnesota Twins in a four-game set, like Steve mentioned earlier. And I'm absolutely fucking terrified. If the Sox can't find any offense, what's going to happen here? What is going to happen here? And and that's why I'm that's why I'm worried. I, I know that Cleveland has Seattle. Correct? Is that correct? Seattle's next for Cleveland. I think I, I'll find it. I, I can't. No, no, no. It's, no, it's not. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Detroit. They have Detroit. So Cleveland has Detroit. I apologize. Cleveland has Detroit in a three game set that starts tomorrow. So, and the Sox have a, a red hot Minnesota twins team. So that's why I'm a little worried. That's why I feel like they may, maybe I'm not in the tornado, but that I see that fucking funnel cloud. It's right there. And I just I'm so worried. before you guys go any further, Gavin Sheets not in the lineup for Charlotte tonight. Uh, just uh, as a uh, forewarning here, the question that uh, being posed around is: Is Jose Abreu uh, yep, about to head on an IL stint, or yes, he is. Did, yep. is that official news already? No, but I think okay. he is. I think All that right. he's. I think that he's going to be. Uh, you're going to put Sheets in right. And, and, and whoever Luis Gonzalez and left or, or whoever over there, and then Vaughn's going to go to first base. That's what you're going to see because I mean, Abreu, could, could Gavin Sheets potentially be on the move? Is is the other question here? Oh, that's also another good point, Tone. I see. I would say that you know this sitting out bullshit. See, I just bought in like a little idiot, like I did earlier, like with Escobar fucking sitting today. This is the only hitting. reason why I'm bringing this up because I yeah. wanted to see your train of thought as you got the news live on Socks on Tap. Yeah, no, now I'm fucking irritated because remember me and you were talking earlier. We were talking earlier, like, hey man, Escobar's out of lineup today. I was like, yeah, but he was like the other day too, and everybody was like all fucking. And you're like, oh man, maybe it might be happening. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe it's going to happen. And then fucking Steve's best friend, Boob, you know, puts a tweet out last night when I'm all drunk and we're at home and I don't even know what my name is and waiting for something. And me and you are talking like, let's get this shit ready for on tap, man. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Nothing. Nothing. I love to put you on the roller coaster. It oh, is one of my it. favorite things to do. I hate it, man. I feel like I got to poo every time I'm on it. I just fucking like, is something going to happen or not? I don't fucking know. You know, it's just... And that's the problem is like Escobar scratch day. He ends up playing in the fucking game. It's just, I don't know what they're doing. I'd love to see sheets. So I would like, like to see the guy get a fucking at bat. I'd like to see burger too. I mean, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Jake burger just hitting uh RBI single. Um, I also in, found in Charlotte. Well, right. I also found a complete fucking uh, solution to your bullpen problem. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez has struck out 11, through six Do innings tonight. Where's Odrisimer Despagne? Odrisimer Despagne. And Ross Detweiler when you need that. Ross is I, in Miami, isn't he? And he's doing yeah. well. He's doing well over no, there. Okay, so from, from a bullpen <laughs> standpoint, I would love a Ross Detweiler on this team right now. We, we could use another lefty. 
Well, yeah, but somebody that would have been able to start. First off, before we go there, Ryan Burr, absolutely fucking filthy today. I yeah. loved, I Burr, loved Burr. watching Ryan Burr pitch, and he's just a good guy. He's a, he's a great guy to root for. Uh, Ryan Burr, I, I, I love seeing him succeed. He was one of the first interviews we had here at OnTap Sportsnet. Just a guy that is is just a generally easy man to root for. Uh, but his stuff was filthy. But the Ross Detweiler thing, like, I'm really serious. I feel like the bullpen misses that guy right now because, yeah, Jose Ruiz has done okay in some some mop-up roles and everything, but when you need to kill four to five innings of, you know, consistent baseball, we got that from Ross Detweiler, um, and I just miss him in the bullpen. Plus, he was a he was a Sox on tap favorite. So, uh, shout out to Ross the Boss, whatever you're doing down in Florida. We miss you here. I loved Ross the Boss so much. He was so badass. You know, I think one other guy from a bullpen standpoint that I'm wondering to see soon, um, Jace Fry, who's been down in Charlotte for about the past month now. He's been throwing the ball all right down there. And I, I think just given the volatility of relievers from year to year, unless your name is Mariano Rivera or Trevor Hoffman or prime Dennis Eckersley, you know, those middle inning guys, um, it, it, it is such a roller coaster from year to year. You know, you look at 2019, 2020, when he was healthy, Aaron Bummer was was life out. He was an absolute hammer. And Evan Marshall for two years was an absolute hammer it, down there in, in the back end of that bullpen. And then here we are, 2021, both of these guys have been struggling and extremely inconsistent. Seeing tremendous inconsistency from Garrett Crochet. You name it up and down the roster within that bullpen, there have been issues. Can so, we talk is, about Garrett Crochet for a minute, Steve? We can. Because – that 95 mile an hour fastball today just was not cutting it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're a guy, you know, from, from the left side and if you're just going to have a plus fastball versus plus plus when you were one Oh one, one Oh two a year ago, that stuff doesn't play as well. And that makes uh, you know, was it a number 10, number 11 pick being utilized in a guy that's a reliever, doesn't look great. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, you saw on Friday, you know, you look at Zach Collins and you you look at Zach Birdie, the two guys, the first round picks in the 2016 draft. Not exactly great utilization of high leverage draft capital there. You know, drafting a, a, a college reliever with the 26th overall pick in the, in the first round and a guy that can't hold a spot in your bullpen here five years later. And Zach Collins is a backup catcher. So that's a big problem. And I think that's probably part of the reason why Nick Hostetler is no longer in charge of the amateur scouting program. Oof, that's scorching. <laughs> a little hot after did, that. Did, did, I, did, I, did, I, did I go a little too hard there? Are you sweating <laughs> through your headband? Because I'm sweating. Wow. Wow. Those were those were some some angry words there from you, Steve. And I, you know, I, I want to talk more about you know what exactly could potentially be wrong with Garrett Crochet here at this juncture versus like going scorched earth on the White Sox scouting and player development staff. But we can do that too. Um, for Sunday Fun Day, man, this is getting a little little hairy. Um, Buzz, what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm. I'm 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 right there with Steve right now. He, I am, he, just, he just took me to another level. He baked my meatball where it's like, you know, I feel I feel like it's well done. 
that was a very hot take that he had there. It, it was, was good. Was it, was it a meatball take? I, I I felt like it was a meatball. Yeah, I felt like it was a meatball take for sure. I wasn't tinfoil hat. No, I mean, it was not tinfoil hat. We got to classify this one, though, because yeah. it, was just that, it was just that hot. It was very hot. Like, I felt like he put jalapeno. Dried jalapeno in the meatball mix, you know. So, like, so wait a second. Can we can we go compile this and and talk about Carson Fulmer in this? In, no, in this no, we're draft, not class two that we've got going on here. Carson because, Fulmer got fucked by the system. He had the talent. He got the track fucked. record's not great, Bob. Well, no, track record sucks. I mean, look what Steve just did. He just killed multiple people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did he just he, he just killed multiple people? He turned them into meatballs. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'll but tell again, you where the bodies are buried. Yeah, no oh, shit. It was in the meatballs that we ate. What the so, fuck are you talking about? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack for two seconds here and talk about things that we can do to fix this, this White Sox offense, bullpen, whatever. One of the things that I really, really liked, and I know it's, it's far-fetched, so you could probably classify this one as a meatball take too because it's never going to happen, and you'll know why exactly in just a moment. But if I'm Rick Hahn, I'm going to Jerry Reinsdorf right now, and I'm asking, where can I go? to take on a bad contract to get a good player. And that's the Colorado Rockies with Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story. And Steve's going to shake his head, but I, there's your sexy move. Have you seen Charles Nasty's numbers this year? I have. I have seen his, <laughs> I have seen his numbers you this know year. When Tony throws some, yeah, you know when Tony throws something out like that, he has done his research. Yes. It. So he I, is ready. He's, he's ready. He's, he was my first draft pick in my fantasy baseball draft, and he's currently ridden, ridden the bench for quite a while now. I know exactly how bad Charlie Blackman is, but I feel like maybe if you're trying to go a little bit above an Eduardo Escobar and you bring somebody in, I mean, let's look at what we've got right now in the outfield and say, you know, if you're already going to eat Adam Eaton right here and have bad money right there, can you just get rid of Adam Eaton? And Charlie Blackman is close to the same level of terrible um, out there in your outfield. Um, ride out the rest of that contract. Maybe you can get Colorado to eat a little bit of money, depending on who you're sending back that way. But you can take a bad contract off the Rockies books, get a sexy name in Trevor Story. He's also not having the greatest of years. But I think he's a step above what you would get out of Eduardo Escobar. You don't know what you're going to get from Nick Madrigal when he exactly comes back from, from his injuries or wh what have you there. But then you've got some, some capital to play with um, when you've got some middle infield depth uh, next year. And, again, nothing's, nothing's for certain as to what you're even going to get out of next year too. So well, there's I'm looking, one there's I'm looking one for the home run here. And it's oh. the – the problem is Jerry Ryan Starfield. No, no, right no. Now. It's 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 not just that. Um, Trevor Story is also a free agent at the end of the season. That's true as well. So that doesn't exactly add to middle infield capital uh, from that standpoint. There. <laughs> yeah. Well, swing for the fences. I like dingers. I like home runs. I want fireworks. That's all I'm going for here. If I were to swing for the fences, it'd be Cattell Marte personally because Arizona's so bad. That, that'd that be my swing for the fences move. That is a guy that uh, lines up within the rebuild. Uh, um, I'm sorry, the, the the road to contention from the rebuild and a guy that can play multiple positions. That'd be my swing for the fences move, though. I don't think that'll happen because, again, I don't think we have the capital to get him without uh, foregoing some key piece on the major league roster. So, but yeah, I, I think that we've had a lot of fun, you know, what can they do talk? I, I, I just hope they do something. Now, what will they do? I have fucking no clue. I mean, that's the thing here is a fucking boob threw me off.
a dick. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's supposed to be friends with all these guys. It's like, you know, I mean, he's accessible to come on a podcast and everything. And like, I'd love to talk to him, but then I don't know if I can help myself or Steve wouldn't call him boob for three seconds. I mean, it's fucking, you know, like, it's just like, dude, like, why do you say like, you are becoming Hector Gomez to me. Like you are becoming Hector Gomez to me. Oh, I, man. You know, oh my God. Oh my God. Tinfoil oh. hat theory, dude. I just thought of something crazy. So have we ever seen that. have we ever seen Boob and Hector Gomez at the same place at the same time? No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Oh, also, God, here we go. Also, I figured something out the other day, man. You remember how we had Marcelo Zuna? Remember he was coming to the White Sox? He was on the plane. D- dude, he still is on the fucking plane. Listen, listen. Oh. I started watching this show Manifest. This guy went through the fucking Bermuda Triangle, and he is stuck in time right now. He'll be here. Just give it time. He's He'll be here in five and a half years. Actually, no, we were supposed to sign him in 2019. Do we even right? want Ozuna right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still want him. Right field. It's fine. No problem. Would you Would you want to fucking watch Adam Eaton when his when – his, I mean, dude, do you want to talk about a guy No, I want to watch Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, and I want to watch Nick Madrigal, and I want to watch Jose Abreu, and I want to watch this team win ball games. So you would want to see Marcelo Zuno over and right? Because everybody told me he couldn't play right field, and then he had a great year. And then this year, I know he's not been that great. Uh, He's also having some legal issues. Yeah, that's that's where I'm I'm kind of going with this. Wait, he's having legal issues too? Yeah, he beat the shit out of his girlfriend a couple weeks ago. Allegedly. Ooh. Well, yeah. I, I apologize to everybody on uh, socks on. I did not know that. I really don't have any patience for that. I did not know that. Why do I like people that are assholes like him and Yasiel Puig? I don't know. I'm sorry. You've got to type. I. It's a problem, really. I'm gonna go revisit my personal life. I'll I'll see you guys later. Have a good night. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't know that. How did I miss that? Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. Uh, came out came out a couple weeks ago, so. I think uh, I think that ship has probably yeah no that's sailed. fucking gone. But anyway, let's. I want to tell you about the manifest thing real quick. Well, I'll just go. I'll go double down on this. And the last report I saw on Marcelo Zuna was from Hector Gomez that said that uh, <laughs> Marcelo Zuna expects that his name will be cleared and that uh, the police will apologize to him after this incident. So um, we'll see. He's yeah. also on a plane the entire time. So well, that's what I'm saying. White Sox, fans, White Sox fans will also be very happy as he's standing next to Nelson Cruz. Right. <sighs> I, oh, God. That's fucked up, Steve. But that's the thing. This manifest show, dude, they get on a plane from Jamaica. Okay. And I know we're talking White Sox, but we're getting a little personal here. I started watching a new show because the Sox didn't play a lot this week. They had two off days. So I got to binge watch show. They get on a plane from Jamaica and the plane hits crazy turbulence and shit, right? And then everything's fine. And they land, but they they call the land, and they're like, no, you can't land at JFK. You need to come to this army base. They go to this fucking army base, right? They land, and the guy goes, you guys have been gone for five years. That's what happened Marcelo Zuna, man. What we're seeing right now is just a mere projection. He's still on the plane. That's okay. I'm done now. We'll, 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 we'll dissect that more. I feel like I'd be good talking about tv shows and well, how so they... if we're going to talk, talk about things on planes why don't we talk about steaks on planes yeah i'd like that oh, go boy. go all samuel l yeah i'd, I'd love to do that, that, was, that was yeah, all, all i'm thinking about right now is like how far we can get into the show lost oh is that good i haven't seen that yet if you if you if you started to watch manifest you should uh you should queue up lost right after that one 
Will do. I, I will do. I TV do. show recommendations from Socks on Tap. If the yeah. socks are not on. This is the type of content people come here for. I, I think it is. Absolutely. What are you binge watching, Steve? You know, this is my busy time of year. I don't really have a lot of time to binge watch TV shows, um, admittedly. You know, I, I will say this in, in recent weeks. I have uh, gone back on the Peacock Network, um, going back and reliving some of the highlights from the 25th anniversary of the NWO's rise to prominence. You know, so I, mean, I, know not, I know you're not. I know you're not a big, uh, big, you know, Jeez. Attitude Era wrestling guy, but hey, let's throw one up, baby. Um, is this where the headband started to come into play? No, this, no, yeah, this no, is our no. style now. I'm actually going to get. Uh, I'm actually going to order. Um, you can custom make the junk headbands. I'm gonna fucking custom oh, order on there. And Tony, you're gonna wear it. It's gonna have like it's gonna be an NWO, but the O is the on tap Sportsnet logo. And it's just gonna be for us socks on tap guys. And just fucking have like the little too sweet thing on the side of it. Mm. That's that's uh, we should do that. We mm. should do that. So yeah, but no, like that's that's what I've been kind of like when the socks have had days off, I've been kind of binge watching some of some of that stuff. Like um, was it May twenty seventh was the twenty fifth anniversary when Scott Hall interrupted the match and started the whole thing, and then and then you know a couple of weeks later Nash showing up, power and then jackknifing Eric Bischoff through the table at the Great American Bash, and you know July seventh is the twenty fifth anniversary of Hogan with the heel turn at the fucking at Bash at the Beach, Bash like, the, beach the, the greatest the, the greatest moment in the history of pro wrestling, the moment that changed it all right there we're coming up on 25 years i can't believe how old i feel now that's the second best actually i've i've admittedly not done much uh show watching when the socks are off i generally will yeah try and try and get out for a round of golf i, I don't know if either i know buzz is not a big golfer i don't i don't steve you don't strike me as a guy that gets out on the golf course neither of neither of you uh are, are big golfers but that's what i did this week when the socks were off it's i Enjoyed some time by myself uh, on, a, on the golf course to uh, try and recollect my thoughts and, and think about what the White Sox should do um, with this with this upcoming trade deadline. Um, I just can't seem to get myself away from from White Sox baseball. It's a it's a disease. Um, this is our cross to bear. Yeah, it is. And Steve, we we've talked about that earlier this week. This is our cross to bear. We cannot have nice things. We're White Sox fans for some odd reason, um, but. That said, guys, I mean, this was all, all all things aside, this was a great week for White Sox baseball because we got to share the first tailgate back in Lot B together. Uh, I think everybody there had a good time. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show. Tailgating's back. Full capacity at the stadium's back. Let's talk a little bit more about that for just a minute. 100% capacity game versus – limited capacity games earlier this season. What are your guys' thoughts on the, the full capacity guaranteed rate stadium? Spicy hot take right here. I like the limited capacity. I like being able to spread out. I like not having to be in a long line to go hit the pisser. Um, you know, Cub fans and, and a lot of people like to talk shit about people not filling the park at 35th and Shields. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of like it that way makes it a lot better for me. I get better seats. I get in and out of the park quickly. I get in and out of concession stands quickly. Honestly, I'll take that. Buzz thoughts on full capacity versus limited capacity. Uh, you know, it felt like, I don't know, man, I got rained on in full capacity my first game back. I, I guess I really didn't notice. I just, the tailgating being back is the best thing to me. So as long as that's back, I don't care how many fucking people are there. I have my agenda and I want to, I want to live that out. So it's great. I'm glad 
hopefully everybody shows up to watch a good team. Uh, and yeah, that's about it, man. See, I'm split here. Uh, I love the the tailgate scene. Um, I, I love being able to have a few beers in the ball in the parking lot before entering the ballpark. I, I love that atmosphere, but I can totally get behind what Steve's saying uh, with this because, man, it, it, we've went through uh, 2016, 17, 18. Uh, 19, and then obviously we're not able to go to the park in 2020. But most of those games, Steve, like you mentioned, not full capacity in the slightest outside of opening day or, or a Cubs series or a Yankee series, or if the Red Sox comes out, a prominent team that uh, that draws a lot comes to town. You normally have, even on a Saturday night, probably about half the stadium full. Um, you're able to get around, do what you need to do in the ballpark. Uh, things feel more accessible. Um Spreading out and getting a better seat uh, than what you paid for just feels like good value. I feel like to the fan, um, being able to you know slip in and out of sections, say hi to people, not be sitting in somebody else's seats or worrying about that. Um, it just I, I feel like that adds uh, another value to your experience at the ballpark. Um, not having to miss an entire inning uh, because you're waiting in a line. Um, so I, I do miss that in a sense. We'll see how the rest of the season goes, but I would probably think that we're going to see some large crowds, uh, larger than what we're used to crowds at the ballpark, especially on weekend night games or weekend day games. Um, and even some of these middle of the week games, uh, right before full capacity, Johnny and I went to a Wednesday one o'clock game that was just absolutely jam packed. Um, it was almost impossible to park. So, um, just different different experience, different aura. And I don't see limited capacity returning. Uh, the team is, is good right now. And, uh, just something that we're going to have to deal with a different experience at the ballpark. Just my opinion on it. No, right on, right on. Um, I think we'll get into our last, uh, topic for the evening and not really topic, but it's going to be, uh, the white Sox um, next series. And we're going to open that up on Monday, which is tomorrow, seven ten central. White Sox against Twins, Kenta uh, Maidea, sorry, against Lucas Giolito. 5-5, five and 3.80 five, ERA for Lucas, 87 in two-third innings pitch there. He's, uh, that was a mouthful. It was. He struck out 110. He's walked 29, let up 17 long balls. Uh, Maidea's 3-2, 4.85 ERA, 52 innings pitched here, 50 strikeouts, uh, walked 15, 11 long balls let up. Uh, series predictions, boys? Before we get to before we get to predictions here, you know, I guess maybe the one positive um, with Jose Abreu getting hurt, I'm, I'm assuming he won't be in the lineup today tomorrow, so we probably won't have to hear Lucas Giolito cry about having to uh, pitch to uh, Yasmani Grandal. Because I'm assuming then Grandal will probably play first base tomorrow, so he'll get uh, his little Zach Collins behind the plate. Oof, I, I like that one, Steve. I, I like that one because you need Yasmani Grandal's bat in this lineup. Every now, game now, 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 look, I, I personally think given Maeda's career splits against left-handers, um, having both Grandal and Collins in the lineup is going to really help optimize the lineup for the Sox, regardless of the Abreu situation. So even if Abreu didn't get hurt, I think it would make sense to at least have Grandal DH in place of your mean Mercedes tomorrow. So the more lefties you can put in the lineup against Kenta Maeda, the better chance that could, this team will have ultimately. could t could tomorrow's ball game have been an optimal chance to rest jose abreu regardless if he got hit by that pitch 
and have Yasmani Grandal's okay. bat in the lineup, given that Yerman Mercedes started to turn things around just a little bit today, and you want to see him drive that ball like he did um, early on in this game. Um, and Jose Abreu struggles. I'm, I'm looking at this right now, and I probably would have thought a little bit about resting Jose Abreu with that lingering stuff that he's had going on tomorrow uh, against Kenta Maeda. I don't. I, I don't know. I just think that Abreu is kind of that that guy that will always force his way into the lineup. Um, it's not necessarily as bad as it was when Ricky was here because um, you know he he could obviously go over Ricky's head and and just be like you know look you know you have to put me in the lineup because otherwise I have to call my mommy and tell her why I'm not starting and and so you know if you put me in that position I'm going to make things really uncomfortable for you. Um, Obviously, I don't. I don't know that he could do that with Tony Larusa, because um, you know Tony Larusa is a Hall of Fame baseball person. I don't know if you guys know that, but um, are you saying that Tony Larusa gives no shits about Jose Abreu's mom? I'm saying he probably doesn't, unless she, unless she's sending him some kind of booze from the Dominic or from from Cuba, some kind of spiced rum, which she may very well be doing. Who knows? Does Tony um, Larusa like Cuban cigars? I, I'm I'm thinking it's more so on the Cuban spiced rum, personally. Fair enough. That's just my opinion. Fair enough. Buzz, we've, really, any, we've really derailed. We have. Buzz, any thoughts on uh, Jose Abreu not in the lineup uh, tomorrow? Yasmani Grandal, everything that we've just dissected here. If Abreu's out, I, <laughs> that let's let's assume he is. Stay Mankata and Tim Anderson and Grandal. That's who it's on. Uh, that's it. I don't know what else to say. Who else, who else, who else is there that you have any sort of faith in besides? Yeah, well, I mean, like we, we might as well roll it in to pick to click and, and who, how far down does this go? Yeah. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, my pick to click tomorrow is going to be, um, Yasmani Grandal. I haven't really picked him a lot this year. I'm going to, I'm going to take him. Steve, we could double up. We could double up. So I'm taking, I'm taking yes. I will always take the guy that was the former catcher of an opposing starting pitcher. I will always take that action, especially, like I said, given the splits against left-handed hitters for Maeda in his career. So I really think um, it would behoove the White Sox and Tony La Russa to stack the lineup with as many left-handed hitters as possible to negate what Maeda does against right-handers. But I'm, I'm looking for a Yaz bat drop tomorrow. I mean, I think he's got the last home run that the White Sox hit. I think that was Friday night. Yasmani Grandal launched one. So, I mean, he's he's probably as hot as anybody on, on this roster, if not, like, scorching above all of them at this point in time. So, Yasmani Grandal is the, uh, is the double-up pick, which makes me feel really bad about even wanting to take him here. So, let's, let's reach down this list real far and go with uh, – Yerman Mercedes, um, assuming that he is in the lineup, uh, I liked what he did today. He just got on top of a ball um, that he scorched down the left field line that if he connected square with, I think would have probably left the yard. Um, I'd like to see him continue to hit the baseball instead of getting out. So um, I'll go with Yerman Mercedes, guys. All right. Well, I mean – I don't have much else, guys. I think that's it. I think we, we we covered a lot of stuff today. We talked about our awesome experiences a lot. B, what we want the Sox to do, uh, TV shows, a bunch of other shit. Uh, anybody got anything else before I ride us on out here? How, how, how are you feeling after yesterday, Buzz? I, uh, I see you're, you're back on the horse. You're, you're a warrior. You've got the Pitching Ninja shirt on. You're, you're riding one out right now. Oh, dude, I'm an animal. 
That's just what I do. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I, it's just what I do, man. I only need like four hours of sleep to recharge these batteries and do it all over again. So I'm all good, man. I'm all good. I got a couple of scrapes in my chest there, but we're all we're from the mudslide, but we're good. We're Steve? Good. I have one final closing thought. Socks on tap rule number 27. Fuck the twins. Absolutely. Period. Paragraph. Absolutely. This is that. this should be a winnable series for this team. Buzz, I believe you asked for predictions. Yeah. Yeah. We got we got a four game set. Yeah, I'm going sweep. Because I'm a homer and I always say they're gonna. <laughs> Three and one. Three <laughs> and one. Three and one. I'm gonna two, give two and two. two and two. Steve, that's where I was too. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to bring it back because I feel like there was so much negativity on this show. Johnny Nani was with us in spirit, um, and the the toaster is is firmly in the bath right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I've got to ride three and one. I've got to say that the, the White Sox are going to continue to find that magic somewhere, somehow, some way, and uh, get a series victory here because it feels like it's been a little bit since we've had one of those. Right? Yeah, it has been. Oh, anything else, boys? Are we done? I think we're done. All right. We need more beer. Everybody be sure to go on tapsportsnet.com for our Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at socks on tap at on tap sportsnet five-star rating and review anywhere. You can listen to podcasts and check out grandstand on socials, grandstand socks, or go to grandstandsocks.com. We'll be back tomorrow. You know, whoever, I don't know who it's going to be. It might be me and Steve, me and Tony, Tony and Steve, Tony and me, who knows? We'll see what happens. We'll be back tomorrow after the Sox beat the Twins because, like Steve said, fuck the Twins. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.